the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello! (laughs) Welcome. This is the Worldview Media Podcast. (laughs) Here we are. It's four of us in the family. We're missing our Jack-Jack, but there are four of us here. I'm your host, Gordon Runyon. On the right side of your podcast listening dial is my daughter, Carmen. Hello. Hello. Way across the way on your podcast listening (laughs) device, it's my daughter, Jordan. Hello. Hello. And over on the right side, where she always is, is... Joyce. And which one of us is wait, on the left? <laughs> wait a minute. I said you were on the left, right? You said I was on the right. Oh. Oh, it's because everybody listening is it's Oh, it's reversed. reversed. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. That Aww. makes sense. So I'm on their right and mom is on your right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they're left. Both they're on the right in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the right yeah. side. <laughs> right team. There you go. All right, we're coming to you live from yes, the place where we're getting all our superhero costumes made, and we're talking about. <laughs> See, we don't get to go to Edna. We just go somewhere else. Yeah, we're we're not superstars. We just make our own, right? <laughs> just like Tobey Maguire in that first Spider-Man movie. How we have where to sews his own. We uniform. have to sit down and. Try it out, and then try to find the right material. And somewhere we find all this stretchy fabric, and nobody is suspicious. Right. Well, anyway, we're talking about The Incredibles, part two. Part two. Is that what it's called? It's Incredibles Incredibles two. two. It's Incredibles Incredibles two. two. This is a long time coming for those of us who enjoyed part one. Yes, it's true. Fourteen years. Now, the interesting thing is that 14 years after part one is done, part two starts like the very, the the movie starts with the very next scene yeah. that part one left you with. Uh-huh. Kind of interesting. I'm not sure not it works was... after 14 years. Yeah. But, I, I liked it. But the story takes off without kind of missing a beat. Mm-hmm. With the... Underminer. Threat of the Underminer. <laughs> it took me so long to, like, get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't, you didn't understand that. Well, not, not when I was first watching it. I don't oh, even remember. Oh, that was 14 years ago. Yeah. How old were you then? Like, 12? Like, uh, no. about 10-ish. 10. Wow. I was 12. So, so I was just like, okay, so he mines under, but don't all miners... Go They're all under. I don't understand. And then so. randomly, like a couple of years ago, I was thinking about it. <laughs> it was like, oh, undermine. <laughs> Perfect sense. He's undermining them. I get it. Yeah, it was crazy. He's very subversive. 
He undermines everything. Yeah, wonder, yeah. If he came up with that name himself and how long it took. Yeah, so I wonder if there are 10-year-olds who watch this one who will sometime in the future have a lightning bug <laughs> moment about screen slavery. I was just thinking, who who actually has a screensaver now? Uh, right. Okay, so here we are, the Incredibles family as a new challenge and kind of interesting in the world that they're doing this in, in the Incredibles world, superheroes have kind of been outlawed. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you're going to do that really, but superheroes have all stayed underground and it's illegal for them to be super, be super well, they're in like or, a witness protection program yeah. where they're replaced and located and nobody knows who they are they just gotta blend in and be normal well and that's in the first one too that yeah. it explains it more is that the reason they're not allowed to be superheroes anymore is because it's too expensive yeah it's too much of a burden. Wait, did I see that on Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Avengers totally ripped off the storyline. <laughs> Incredibles did come first. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Just going to yeah. say. Okay, but then along comes Saul Goodman, and he has a... <laughs> Cartoon Saul Goodman. <laughs> Cartoon Saul Goodman has... Who actually kind of is a... A good guy. A good man. He's right. a great guy. Winston Dever. And he's got a proposal of a PR campaign, a way that they can maybe hopefully get superheroes back in business. Mm -hmm. And he thinks Mr. Incredible just destroys too much stuff and he's bad for publicity. So right. He's a PR nightmare. Right. So he's <laughs> focused on Elastigirl, Mrs. Incredible. Yeah. And But she's not supposed to be Mrs. Incredible. No, she she's has just to be Elastigirl. Elastigirl. Yeah. She has to go under her uh, her former her nom de plume. Yeah, is that right? Mm -hmm. French. Well, well not nom like de plume is is specifically like it's a pen name. It's kind of fuzzy, but I don't think after they got married, the superheroes were alone around for much much longer. Yeah. So she may have never gotten a chance to actually become Mrs. Mrs. Incredible. Well, I don't know that she's she, never called. That I don't know that she would have. Yeah. Even if. They yeah, I don't think she maybe would have done that too. I don't. I mean. In the Fantastic Four, you have Mr. Fantastic. And the Invisible Girl. Yeah, and they don't. And even if she, if they got married, she wouldn't suddenly become. Well, they do get married, and she doesn't become. She Mrs. doesn't Fantastic. become Mrs. Fantastic because <laughs> right. that's not her. No. Well, does she turn into Invisible Woman? <laughs> um, no, I think she's, no, she's always just the Invisible girl. girl. It's her way of maintaining her, her youth. youth. But I don't think <coughs> this is unrelated. But I don't think they actually call her Invisible Girl. That that's just like. Like the the press calls them that, but they don't actually go by those they names. Just call her AU. Well, they call each other like Sue and Reed. Yeah, they call each other by like their actual yeah. names. Yeah. Right. And Johnny. 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 Flavor. <laughs> We're off topic. Okay. Okay. Rabbit trail alert. Okay, so Elastigirl goes out on these missions, and she is on the trail of a bad guy called Screen Slaver. He uses mm -hmm. computer screens to hypnotize people and make them do bad things. Yeah. yeah. I think that happens. <laughs> In real life? <laughs> that's not even a metaphor. That's real. <laughs> How many hours on Facebook, people? I've been on the computer all hours? day. And I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know what I've done. <laughs> okay. So therein the story goes. And so eventually the whole family kind of gets dragged into it. And then it is complicated because superheroes themselves become hypnotized and they become bad guys. And yeah. So it's, it's really messy at, mm-hmm. at some point. And so that's the basic plot outline. So let's go around and y'all tell me how you feel about this movie. Well, the subplot is that the baby Jack-Jack... Uh, he's coming into his own. He, well, he's manifesting like a million different superpowers. Yeah. And they're totally out of his control. And, yeah. And it's just kind of funny. Because he's a baby. He can't control anything he does. No, he can't control his bladder. He can't, so he can't control yeah. his laser eyes. Or yeah, yeah. I'd expand the description of the subplot that it's that Bob has to... He's taking like a stay-at-home dad yeah, he now. has to learn how to like deal with the day-to-day of <laughs> homework right, and right. meals. Children. Because I didn't yeah. know this, but apparently, I guess, The Incredibles isn't it set in like a 1950s kind of... So, and I didn't realize that. And it's a lot more clear, I think, in this one with like the, the TV shows that they watch and the fashion. But like... It's the 1950s, and here he is suddenly a stay-at-home dad, and, and like yeah, totally yeah. against the grain. Uh, yeah, it is against the grain for sure. So him trying to like figure all that stuff out and help with homework and yeah, yeah. being super frustrated with having to do it to start with. Mm. So that's yeah, that was an interesting turn of events. Yeah. Okay, so that was a bit of a rabbit trail there. I had asked the question. <laughs> no, you're talking about that the was subplot, a rabbit trail. and then this is all it is, but there's really more to it. But anyway, rabbit trail. So, <laughs> overall impressions. What did you think of this movie, Carmen? Me? I liked it. I really did. I'm pretty easy with movies, but I really did like this movie quite a bit. I liked the original Incredibles a lot. And I know some people are like, oh, it's been, you know, 14 years of my life. And they yeah. pick up the movie two seconds after they left off the last one. But I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. honestly, I was really, you know, just kind of excited. Like, oh, this is, you know. My friends. These are my friends. This is just where it was. <laughs> and I thought that was really good. Um, I liked, like, with that in mind, kind of the relationships with some of the characters I think it was really nice to see them progress with that that you know that Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl mm-hmm. have had this big kind of you know just recently you know she thought he was cheating on her and you know all of this stuff and kind of reconnecting and you know reaffirming mm-hmm. hey you know what I actually do love you and I think you're pretty great yeah. sort of thing you know so <clears throat> to have that happen and then to see them kind of the be way supportive. that yeah be supportive yeah. of each other and that they're really uh you know even though they spend a lot of mo- a lot of the movie in different places i thought um kind of the demonstration between their relationship was really nice to see because you can see in like very obviously in some scenes <laughs> that mr incredible is not inter- interested in being home he's not really happy that she's going out and doing this stuff you know yeah. that he's really discontent with that and there's some parts in that too where she's kind of like i don't think you know, I don't think this is going to work and stuff, but uh, I think the first night that she's gone, he calls her and he's trying to talk about Jack-Jack and she freaks out and she's all, I knew this would happen. And he's all, what do you mean you knew this would happen? And she's just like, I'm sorry, I misspoke. And I was like, oh, that's really, 
that's really cool, you know, because you don't see that a lot in, um, in media in general, I think. You don't see a lot of, like, you know, parents and married couples being a united team. And yeah. that, that was really kind of neat for me to see, at least. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I liked seeing all the, the other heroes. Yeah. I thought that was cool, you know, all these kind of underground people that have yeah been hidden, been hidden away, and it, it I think it's just really interesting to see because the first movie we only see, you know, Mr. Incredible, yeah, yeah, we see Mr. Incredible, Frozone, Elastigirl, that's it, and you don't and get all to, these ones that are gone. Yeah, you know, and so then to actually <clears throat> see them, and to see the uh, connection between the two different times that you have the old Incredible shows up and it's the same thing and that. Uh, the gazer beam mm -hmm. that you know gazer beam was in the first movie and stuff like that and trying to piece together when did all this happen um unrelated but i think it's really funny that dash just communicates by yelling <laughs> he's just it. loud <laughs> he's just loud he's a loud talker he's just loud he just yells yeah. all the time you know the more excited and, he gets the louder he gets yeah and then i know people like that yeah that made me, that made me laugh really hard too because uh, in the first movie, they still, they still do that. Yeah. They're all pointing at me, significant eyebrow raises. Um, you know, in the first movie that they do that, that they talk over each other and it's loud and people mm -hmm. say things and they stop. Like when Dash is all, defines who I am and, you know, Bob's talking about something else. He's like, what does that even mean? He's like, I don't know, I saw it on TV. And I'm like, that's, that's actually what a family kind of does. And, you know, it's not exactly like our family, yeah. but I mean... The radio land people would probably say, you know, oh, those Runyons, they just talk over each other and I can't understand what they're saying and they're just, <laughs> they're just loud and stuff. And, you know, I just, I really thought it was kind of neat to see those kind of relationships and the mm -hmm. squabbling and stuff like that. And um, I thought the redirection with a lot of the different plot elements that the, she's trying to become she's trying to make superheroes legal but then she's also you know she's being personally distracted by the screenslaver which is also a redirection yeah. of a redirection yeah so i thought it was really good and i'm gonna stop because i've talked a lot so <laughs> ma what's your overall i really like the movie as well and i think the reason they can pick it up right where they left it off is because it's animated. Mm -hmm. Had this been a real uh, live feature film, there's yeah, no way sure. you can go back, mm -hmm. right. you know, recapture 14 years and say, okay, no, no, let's go. And so, Well, you don't know, you feel like you'd have been really, I feel like I'd have been really feeling gypped if you come back in to watch part two and suddenly Dash is 20 years old. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That wouldn't seem right. I mean, I want young kid Dash. Uh, I want that little guy to <laughs> grow and learn. And, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I want to be able to see that. So, and like Carmen was saying, just to see the struggle of being a family and to address that, you know, it's not easy. Yeah. And it takes two people to do it, regardless of where one is at, where both of them are working. And so, you know, I thought that was really nice to see that here's this superhero family that has problems with homework <laughs> right, right. and you know has problems with the baby won't go to sleep <laughs> and so you the know baby's fighting a squirrel <laughs> where is the baby <laughs> so it was nice to see them just be having to deal with normal things for being super 
Yeah. Well, don't you think the movie was really about family? And the first one was, too. Yeah. But really, that's that's what it's about. The superhero plot is really not, you know, it's not ingenious. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the plot twists are actually pretty predictable. And, you know. Well, instead of in the first movie where, yeah, you're super, but you can't do any of this stuff. And you can't use any of this stuff to the second one. Okay, yeah, these are your gifts. And so we need to find a way to to hone them and to make them right. better and to have yeah. you learn how to handle these things. Yeah. And that's really that's really parenting. You know, every yeah, child is sure. born with their natural gifts and their natural things that they're not so well at and it's it's building one up and saying, "Okay, now I know you're good here, but don't you get do carried away." Yeah. Other, yeah. You know that it's a it's a being even with recognizing talents and recognizing places that can be improved. Well, the Christian parent has the added responsibility of thinking in terms of long-term and dominion mandate and stuff like that and helping helping children kind of hone in on what is that corner of the garden that God is giving mm-hmm. them to cultivate and work on. And, or at least... Even if they don't find it before they leave your home, you've at least given them the tools so they can find it. And so I, I guess what I'm saying is I felt like the strong part of the movie was the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if it's now that I'm older, but I realize that the stories I appreciate the most are really more character-driven than plot-driven. Mm. If you have great characters with kind of a humdrum plot, it's still fun to watch. Yeah. It's still a good movie. But a really complex mm-hmm. plot with, like, two-dimensional characters, like, I think that's a description of, like, the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movies. Pretty weak. Yeah. Where the plots are impossible to follow <laughs> and, and all that. And by the end of it, you don't care because yeah. the characters are bad. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. so like you know, it's good. he's gonna he's gonna win at the end. Right. It's like yeah. okay, so he's gonna jump off this building, jump into this thing, jump off of that. Now the best one is you get great characters with a fun plot that's well constructed. Mm. So for me, I guess I would give it an A. I don't need to ever see it again, but I mean, I, for what it was, I felt like it was yeah just fine and had a lot to recommend it. All right, Jordan, you're last. Uh, well, I liked it. I didn't know anything about what was going to go on when I when I went in because I hadn't like seen any. I hadn't seen anything about it. I didn't know anything. No spoilers for you. No, unlike other movies. Uh, well, <laughs> sure, but um, but I thought it was good. I, uh, it went in in uh ways that I wasn't maybe really expecting it to go sometimes with just like plot twists and stuff and like once the screen slaver guy shows up the first time on the on the train and there's the little message and stuff I immediately had like my theory about what was actually going on and stuff but then that turned out to be wrong and <laughs> and, and I was like oh well that's kind of surprising and, and, and kind of fun yeah like because I was like I was going to be a little disappointed if I called it right from the first ever time this villain ever makes any kind of appearance. But I hadn't, and so that was kind of fun. Didn't you think <clears throat> Saul Goodman was the villain for a while? Well, I kind of would have, just because 
you know, you it's him. <laughs> <coughs> but that, I guess that was the one spoiler I had, was that uh, I knew that he <laughs> was not going to end up being oh, the bad really? guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you knew it. Yeah, because him and Reagan were talking about how, weren't you expecting him to be bad? And then, yeah, I know, I was shocked when he wasn't uh, bad. Was that me and Reagan? Yeah. We spoiled it for you. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. the only oh, thing that I... He was actually supposed to be. But, like, when the original script was being written in, uh, Winston Dever was actually supposed to be a form of a bad guy. Mm. But he, he looked like he could have been. Yeah, but the as it went along, he ended up being, you know, actually a really... What he is, you know? Yeah, he's just, really just kind of a decent guy. Exactly who he says he is yep. and stuff. Right. But uh, Which, I guess that was the one thing that I, that I did know going in. But uh, my original idea was that it had been that that the screen slavery person, that this identity had been constructed mm. by the people she was working with in order to create problems for her to then solve really easily with no casualties, and that would be what helped the yeah. the PR thing move along. Mm. But then that ended up not being <laughs> quite being right, and so I was <laughs> I thought that that was kind of fun. Well, I, me too. I felt like that was the obvious plot. Good for them for not doing that, then. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the <laughs> I really like The Incredibles. The whole thing about why it's taken this long for it. Because, like, when The Incredibles came out, you know, the huge reviews hit, and stuff yeah. was huge, huge hit, stuff like that. And everybody's like, make Incredibles 2. <laughs> and and the director, um, Brad Bird, who's also uh, Edna, mm. in case you didn't know, the director did the oh. is also the voice of Edna. Um, but... He's like, no, I'm not gonna make a, I'm not gonna make a movie unless I have a story to tell. Yeah. And he's like, and I want to. I like these characters. They mean a lot to me. But, but I want to do it right. I want to do it right. Yeah. And so that's been. Well, and Disney's missed the mark with that so many times yeah. with doing the twos. Yeah, yeah. the sequels. Of a lot of, for sure. A lot of other movies. So yeah, but yeah, but Brad sure. Bird was like, no, I'm not doing it unless I have a good story. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. And so everybody's like, oh, we need Incredibles 2. Brad Bird, where's Incredibles 2? And well, then finally, yeah, finally he's like, all right, I got a story. Because we'll I feel like going. Disney has ruined Star Wars with that kind of thing. Like, yeah. let's just put out a show. Well, I'm just thinking, was it <coughs> Mulan 2? And uh, oh, yeah. Isn't there a Hunchback 2? Is yeah. it Cinderella 2? Straight to DVD. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. There's you know. a couple Aladdin sequels. Aladdin 2 and 3. Mm, and, yeah. so, uh, so and the multiple... Lilo and Stitch movies that yeah. all blend together and no one cares about. So, um, that's part of, like, when I went into this, I was super excited to go into it because I was like, he's been working on this and thinking it over for 14 years. You know, I knew whatever it was was going to be, you know, quality. Um, yeah. You know, that this is something that he's, he personally had a lot of... He was invested in these yeah. people. Yeah. And the whole reason that it hasn't been done yet is because he wasn't willing to just kind of be like, eh, whatever. Yeah, let's just yeah. go with the the hype and right. make some cash, and it doesn't matter what the product is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fun fact: he's also the voice of Edna Mode, and he did like the the rough of the voice character, just you know to like placehold it, and mm. everybody liked the. <laughs> they said everybody it. thought it was really funny, so he ended up doing the role for real. That's funny. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I think we're done with segment one of the old podcast. And we will take our break now. And when we come back, we've got a little game to play. Oh, boy. And then we'll talk worldview issues. 
the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. Here we are, back at the Worldview Media Podcast in the home of Edna Moles, waiting for our, is it, what's her name? Mode. I said Like Moles. fashion. Edna Mode. Edna Mode. Oh, well, that makes sense. More sense than moles. <laughs> well, yeah. How long have you thought it was moles? 14 years. <laughs> uh, well, that's a good one. All right, so <laughs> in this movie, baby Jack Jack kind of begins to manifest superpowers. Uh-huh. And boy, howdy, does he ever begin to manifest superpowers? <laughs> He's the, the uh, 31 flavors of a superhero. Mm. And you never know which power is going to show up when and for how long, and uh, hilarity ensues. Yep. And so our game is to go around, and if you could have one of Jack Jack power Jack Jack's powers for yourself, mm-hmm. or for someone else, <laughs> so you get to pick someone else's superpower. What would you choose? What would be your Jack Jack power? Anybody have one? I like the one where he can multiply himself into a whole bunch of different Jack Jacks. Oh. Because yeah. then you could just multitask all day long. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good one. Hmm, I hadn't considered that one. And then the real original me could just be, could just be like taking a nap or something. <laughs> right. If you multiplied mm-hmm. yourself and then all your selves went to take a nap at the same time, mm-hmm. and then you brought all your multiple selves back into one, would you get the benefit of all those different hours of sleep? Oh, I don't know. So Jack Jack splits into six Jack Jacks, uh-huh. and he takes one hour of nap all six. Uh-huh. Then the when, others work when he pulls them together, and he's just one Jack Jack. Is it like he was just asleep for six hours? I don't know. That'd be horrific. You can't let a baby sleep for six hours in the middle of the day. Uh-huh. Well, that's some of the problems they were having. Right. So I just looked it up. In between the first and second Incredibles, they think Jack-Jack has about a total of 14 to 17 different powers that he's shown. All right. I think that's what Is that a list was that was 17. Oh, you've got the list right there? Yeah. So. All right, the game has changed. <laughs> <laughs> now, what we're going to do is go around <laughs> the three of us who don't have the list. 
Uh-huh. We're going to name off the powers that we saw and see if we can, how many of the, how many of the Jack-Jack powers we actually know. He's, they're missing at least one, but it was a fast one. That... All right, so Carmen knows one that's not on the list. All right, Mom. So when he disappears and goes into a, another dimension. time dimension, yeah. Yeah, yeah teleportation intradimensional. Mm-hmm. Uh, the laser eyes. Pew, pew. Yeah. Comes in a variety of options, including purple, green, <laughs> red, and ray gun pew, pew mode. <laughs> <laughs> um, he does that fire one mm-hmm. where he's a fire baby. Human torch. Yep. Flame baby. Yeah. God, that's what I was going to say. Mm. Where he, oh, that may be the teleportation one where he gets out of places. Is that the teleportation one, like where he's in his crib and then he's not in his crib and he puts something on top of it because he thinks he's crawling out? So he's got the, I'll put it down for walking through matter. Okay. No, that's different. No, because he's there and they cover. I was say walking through matter. Okay. All right. So we'll do walking through matter and then there's also uh, intradimensional wormhole creation and travel. Not to be confused with teleportation, which involves simply vanishing. Sound good? Yeah, that means you mentioned both of those. Okay. Because she mentioned the dimensional thing and, and now also the kind Tell of wormhole deal. Yeah. All right, walking through walls. Okay. Boom. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Um, he's got, does he have like a, he does that devil baby thing. <laughs> yeah, they call that the hobgoblin baby. Hobgoblin. <laughs> That was the power I would have chosen for myself. Yeah, demon baby. (laughs) (laughs) To become a demon baby. Does he fly? It's got floating, but I'll take it. Okay. Because it's probably he probably will be able to fly, but he's it's just kind of like hey, let's go. Okay. What's the one where he? It's my turn. What's the one where he gets giant, huge, and can bust down walls and stuff? So they don't. uh, They call it rapid expansion, giant baby mode. Uh, Did you mention your multiplicity? Oh, well, yeah, the multiple baby ones. Okay. Yeah, that's on here. Duplication? Sure. Multiple baby? Uh, I don't know. I'm done. In the the first one, he, at one point... My turn. (laughs) The one I have is from the first one, so I can't let you say. (laughs) All right. Go on, then. In the first one. <laughs> Where he, he gets real heavy. Yeah, he can turn right, into I some it. kind of metal thing and yeah. he gets I real heavy. I took it because I you remembered. You said you were done. I changed my mind. Can Mom. jump back into the game? <laughs> I remembered something. Automatic disqualification. <laughs> okay, so metal baby. Metal baby. Okay. And he's super heavy when he does that. I said. They got it. Full metal baby. <laughs> oh, full metal baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, that right, is what Jordan, I was going to say. Um, does he get like super strength? I think he does because he's throwing that <laughs> raccoon all over the place. It doesn't have it, but I I would bet he's probably got something because that was that was a little bit extreme how he's kicking yeah. that raccoon around. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you got one. Well, since you took my other one, it was totally mine by the rules. By the rules, by your own rules. What about? Does he just get to be invisible? I don't think he has invisibility. Do you guys want to? You've got most of them. Uh, is there one where he like breathes fire? No. 
You can't just like start naming powers. Well, what was the one? That, <coughs> he did something else to the raccoon. So what about yeah. shape shifting? That's <coughs> so. This is. Cheater, cheater. Are you cheating? <laughs> it just says his primary power is shape shifting. Yeah, so that's the general, the general. All right, I'll call it. I'm the ref, so I'm calling <laughs> you down. Um, so the general uh, consensus on Jack Jack, apparently, according to the internet, which knows everything, um, is that he's supposed to be uh, his power is polymorphism, which uh. just means that he does whatever he wants. But he does shape shift. Uh, he, you know, turns kind of into like a mini Edna. He changes his nose and his hair. Yeah. Um, and then he also, uh, it's really quick in his fight with the raccoon, but he turns into like a gummy baby. Mm. Oh, You know, yeah, and it's okay. it's real, real quick that he turns into a gummy baby. And there's at one point that he also uh, like shoots lightning. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm not sure if it's like involved with his laser eyes or anything like that but he does have like a lightning <laughs> like the star wars emperor yeah yeah i don't i just don't remember if that's from his eyeballs or not and then he also has the rocket sneezes oh yeah where he, oh, yeah. Where he sneezes and then his little matter thing he pops through the ceiling and <laughs> <laughs> flies around um is that what they called it rocket, rocket sneezes. sneezes that's that's what it's listed on this on here um but so that's that's about it. And then um, the other thing too is that he does multiple powers at the same time. With yeah. that demon baby, he also sets himself on fire while he's doing that. So he can he can do a couple different things at a time. Interesting. So Jordan would be the multiple baby. That would be demon baby. What'd you do, man? I would. Mm. Oh, he's also telekinetic because he moves her glasses and stuff, and he moves the... I would do that one. That one. Move stuff with your brain. Yeah. And then I wouldn't have to multiply myself. I could just... Well, how um, many things can you move with your brain at once? See, yeah, I think a lot of these are far out, but I'm actually working on <laughs> teleporting. And I feel like if I, can, if I can perfect that, I'll take over the world. All right. Yeah. Good. Teleporting. See, I feel like I'm 20% there. I'm on the... <laughs> My problem with this game is that if I was going to have an Incredibles power, I'd actually want Dash's power, because I've always just wanted to have that. Um, <laughs> you want Jordan to be the pew-pew laser eyes so you can aim yes, her. If I, could, <laughs> if I could give someone else's one of Jack-Jack's powers, it would be either Reagan or Jordan. Maybe both of them. You give them the pew-pew laser eyes, and they can have one with oh, each other. I hate that. I know, but I would enjoy that. I would just leave. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't associate. Um, if I had to have a jack-jack power. I don't know. It's hard. I guess I'd be the flame baby. That's kind of fun. The human torch. Human torch baby. Oh, the other thing, I don't, I don't know if it's a superpower or not. But Jack-Jack is, like, really smart in this movie. <laughs> yeah. He like, figures things out really fast. Yeah, like, yeah. he's watching the TV, and he sees the robber, and he sees the raccoon, <laughs> and he pulls a comparison between Because the mask. Mm -hmm. You know, it must you be can... evil, and you're taking my trash! Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they, uh... Oh, what is it? They go... When they're, like, fighting the bad guys, you know, they're all there. So all the family is, like, fighting these bad guys. And Jack-Jack sees them smash the glasses, and Jack-Jack is like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. And so, like, immediately, like, jumps on people and starts ripping off glasses. And, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
you know, that he's, he does get it figured out. Mm-hmm, that he puts stuff together really quick, and that like even with the telekinetic thing, that he like knows the trash can lid goes on the trash can. Yeah. And he puts it up there, you know. Sometimes that's the problem with smart babies. <laughs> <laughs> you know too much. Yeah, but that he he got You're it. You're feeding them alcohol to dumb them down. <laughs> you, know, you have too many healthy brain cells. <laughs> Give me a break, man. Give me a break. <laughs> you know, so that. Yeah. All right, let's He's move on. We should talk about worldview stuff, <laughs> worldview issues. I'll bring up the one that I have heard and just get your comments on it. I've heard some people not being happy with the supposedly <laughs> exaltation of kind of a feminist ideal. Like uh, the idea is that the stay-at-home dad thing is being promoted here and working mom and stay-at-home dad that that's like you know that there's propaganda in this movie in favor of that well is that the message that y'all feel like you walked away with no no no, no not even and close. i think no. there's some uh craziness that you know a stay-at-home mom like does nothing you know what is that mom doing while she's <laughs> home is she just uh sitting around and doing nothing you know so is because she's at home does that mean she's not working or contributing to the no, family but there or? are some people that would say that you know god assigned gender roles and so the woman's place is in the home and the dad's supposed to go out and do all the work and that as soon so as the you mom mess stays with home and does bit, no work well she works in the home and um, and that's not of really course work. she's really busy but it's not real work because she's not getting paid for it. Because if you paid somebody for all the work she did, you would, what? How much would she get? Yeah. Well, minimum wage at least. <laughs> well, if you put together, let's. Maybe this is a rabbit trail, but if you want to put together, you know, all these rich people that hire however many people to come in and cook their food, do their mm-hmm. grocery shopping, schedule their stuff, take yeah. their kids to school, take their kids to practices, personal trainers chefs whatever you want to do you know that there are people that literally go out and hire like a fleet of people to do everything (laughs) that a mother will do in one house um so like i get why people are upset but i also am kind of like you need to chill (laughs) because you know either way in either movie really between the two of them i would have to say that Helen is kind of just, you know, killing the game. You know, that when she's at home with the kids, that she's got everything under control. Like, she literally takes her kids with her on a secret mission. Well, she doesn't mean you know, to. She doesn't mean to, but as soon as they're there, she's like, all right, well, we're doing this, so you need to listen to me, and it's fine. You know, and then when she goes and she's a superhero, it's like fish and water again, you know, nothing changes. And for me personally, um, like, I'm... And you don't care, but I'm not married. You know, I'm I'm yeah. not. So if that's what it is that the woman's place is in the home, then I'm literally how am I supposed to support myself if I'm not married? You know, I have yeah. to go out and I have to work. Yeah. Um. And if if the time comes, if God puts the right guy in my life and he says, you know what, I want to go out and I want to, you know, earn all the money and you're gonna you're gonna stay home and you can do that, then you know what, hey, that's fine. But I think it's part of my gifts that God has given me um, 
I don't think personally I'd be, I'd be good in that situation. You know, that like, okay, you have to stay home all the time. And if I have kids, you know, then, then that's my job that I'm going to take care of my kids. But I think you do have to have kind of some thought and kind of some thinking with that. I mean, that's something that you have to sit down and talk mm-hmm. with your spouse and have some prayer and some meaningful conversation about, you know, what do we do when we have kids? Um, or what are your gifts and where would you be better using those? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like... Um, well, and just as income, you know, yeah. who's going to be the one that can really... Like we And it have, shouldn't matter if it's the woman who has the better job. Yeah, like we have uh, family friends, you know, they're a young couple, they've got two kids, and it's the wife that goes out and works, that she's kind of the primary breadwinner for that family. Um, you know, and he's, he, I, you know, he's got a job that he does as well, but, you know, his kind of main thing is that he takes care of the kids, you know, okay. and I, I personally don't know a lot more people my age that are more kind of committed to following what they believe is God's plan for their life. Yeah. yeah. You know, that that is something that they're kind of constantly thinking about and constantly mm-hmm. talking about. That's why they have two kids is because they feel like one of their, uh, one of their callings was that they were supposed to adopt one of them. So they have a son that they've adopted that he's currently staying home taking care of, you know. Yeah. And I think, I think part of that, yes, there are gender roles and yes, there are, there's, mm-hmm. you know, a woman is supposed to be submissive to her husband, but um, you can't just put submissive under, you know, submissive means you have to stay home and I have to work, you know. It's the, it's the over-under thing you were talking about with wrestling. Yeah, right. But, you know, in the same place where it says a woman is supposed to be subject to her husband, it, it says that we're all supposed to be subject to one another. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that when you're married, you're, you're especially trying to put your spouse over and you're willing to go under in order to make that happen. And I just think the idea that because you have one set of, set of genitals and not another, it means that you're supposed to be doing this type of job and not this other type of job. I don't see that anywhere in the scripture. The Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah, I was thinking of that one. She's out <laughs> buying property and selling it on her own, and she's mm-hmm. got obviously her own small business, and she's bossing people around that work for her and are in the house. And well, I don't know if I'd say she's bossing people. Well, she's the boss. She's, in she's the boss. Yeah, she's in control of. I meant that the <coughs> things. She's in charge. Yeah, and uh, so I'm. I'm on the other side. I don't believe that gender roles mean that when you're married, that the marriage has to work in a certain way. I think you and your spouse get together and. You might not even do it on purpose. It's just as you get to know one another and know who's suited to do what and who's got which gifts and what opportunities come up. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. You know, you don't know. In this movie, the opportunity came up for Elastigirl that wasn't open for Mr. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And so does that mean that they did something wrong by taking the opportunity? They got together as a couple. They both agreed. They both mutually submitted to each other's wishes. And Mm -hmm. this is the solution that they came up with. Well, I think they were also looking at the long-term goal that, you know, yeah, you do this for now for a while. Right. And he will be back out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, 
everything you're talking about that you guys have to like come together and talk and stuff they did that yeah. you know that they they went by themselves and they sure. talked about it and you know she's all you worked for a really long time and you were miserable the whole time he's like yeah I was so you know maybe I should do it in it's I think it's important to note that he's the one that says she needs to go and do it yeah. you know yeah and that it's uh he had to talk her into it yeah she he, wasn't, yeah, he she really wasn't did do it she didn't <clears throat> want to leave you know and for him to say that you know you can do this we can you know start moving forward our kids can maybe have a future out of this i can maybe get back into what i love doing mm-hmm. or i can go out try and get a job that i'm gonna hate in two You're weeks right. you yeah. know and, and maybe i won't be there <laughs> yeah literally two weeks like having just recently ish gotten out of trying yeah. to find a job you're not going to find a good job in two weeks you're not yeah. yeah well i can't see i mean i know people are upset about that but i to me you've got to be significantly anal retentive to get really upset about this movie because i mean and you've got to be that obsessed with gender roles and yeah and God says you have to be in the kitchen and you can't, you know, you can't well, own I your own know. kitchen somewhere else. <laughs> I want to know where these verses are yeah. that says I have to be in the kitchen. <laughs> right. And so... Where are they? It's a little bit of a <laughs> it's a little bit of a tempest in a teapot for me, especially if you watch the movie and you see what we've been talking about. That They get together as a couple and mutually come to this agreement and it's not her asserting her feminist power or anything yeah. like that mm-hmm. she doesn't even want to do it at first and so for me I think it's a non-issue non-starter yeah and you know so. frankly you girls are very different and I can see you getting married to men who are very different you're not mm-hmm. going to be attracted to the same types of men you know yeah and so to expect that your marriage is going to look like her marriage uh-huh. and that your relationship <laughs> to your husband is going to be like hers, I think that's completely ridiculous. And there's nothing in the Bible that <coughs> says that they have well, to look the same. Well, it shouldn't because you have two different personalities involved in this right. relationship. Yeah. And they're going to be two different personalities every time. You're not going to have a... A little cookie cutter that, you know, well, this is how the wife is, and this is how yeah. the husband is, and, you know, what is that, Stepford Wives? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I think that's kind of a da- that's to me at least, that's a dangerous sort of way to approach things, especially when it's based off of religion. I'm doing the air quotes on it, religion, you mm-hmm. know, where everything is very cookie cutter, that my wife is going to be like this, and my children are going to be like this, you know, because... Well, it doesn't take yeah. yeah. It doesn't take into consideration your uniqueness and your, right. uh, you know, God's thumbprints on you are going to be different than His thumbprints on somebody else. <laughs> I just said fingerprints. Well, but, uh, well, know, the image is the thumb. Different, <laughs> different thumbs. The Millions of different thumbs. Well, <laughs> you will come up with different <laughs> fingerprints than yeah, somebody next to you, sure. and and you know that's just the way it is. Your fingerprints are different, and that's mm-hmm. how you are identified, and your traits and your characteristics are going to be different. And Well, submission is a real thing, but like I say, I'm, I'm convinced the Bible says it's mutual between the husband and the wife, that the husband is supposed to be like Christ and lower himself as low as it takes in order to put his wife over. And the wife is supposed to put herself under to put her husband over. 
and mm -hmm. how that when you have a man and a woman who are both committed that I'm going to be a servant to you then however that works out for them uh, nobody's got the right to come in there and tell them that they're doing it wrong mm -hmm. you know yeah. if they're both serving Jesus and yeah well, loving we, God by loving each other if if that looks like more like a 50-50 thing or it looks more like the man kind of being the leader nobody's got a right to come in there and yeah and it say it's wrong mm -hmm. you know? well people get caught up on stereotypes and traditions that have nothing yeah, to do yeah that are just cultural and not yeah. even right. based on anything stronger than just the culture this is just well, what society does yeah. Yeah. Evelyn girl kind of gets after uh <coughs> Elastigirl too. She's all now you're out in the field like you get to be in the spotlight for once. She's all what do you mean it for once? You know sort of thing. She's like, I was never, you know, I was never in the background. I was never, yeah. you know, a sidekick. I was my own person on my own. Yeah. You know, and that, I thought that was really cool. My, I I like this discussion, but I have other things. Um, <laughs> well, feel free to lead the discussion. I will because I I thought I don't know. It, <laughs> ticked something for me when I was watching it. I watched it twice. I went with you guys and I watched it, went with Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, but the, so they're at the table, you know, talking to each other, the whole family, mm -hmm. and they're talking about how things are different now and, you know, and they have a discussion about laws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring that up Okay, too. good. Go yeah, ahead. me too. So the, the, um, it comes so early in the movie, too, that I was just thinking about it the whole time. I couldn't even concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you're like, there's our worldview discussion right there. Like, it's right there. I, don't, I, don't, I can just enjoy the rest of this. I don't have to do anything. Um, you know, so uh, that... Uh, and it's interesting to see their two viewpoints, because I feel like they have, you know, at the end goal, I think they have the same kind of desire, that they both want to yeah. be superheroes again. But... Whereas in the first movie, we see Mr. Incredible, you know, doing that on his own, that he's like, you know what? I don't care what, I don't care what you say, I'm Mr. Incredible, you yeah. know? And uh, that, you know, Elastigirl straight up says, you know, there are, he's all, uh, if it's a bad law, and she's all, there are laws to change laws. So it's, uh, you know, kind of the legalistic version versus the more kind of... Resistance to tyrants. Resistance or, you know, stuff. And I was yeah. like, ah... Well, let's, let's see if we can reproduce that conversation. Mr. Incredible's viewpoint was that there are such things as bad laws yeah. that are unjust. Uh -huh. And if there are bad laws that are unjust... Are we obligated are, to follow them? Aren't we doing injustice by following unjust laws? Yeah. And, and the reason I want to bring this up is because this is a conversation that actually happens on Facebook among Christian conservatives. Mm -hmm. I've seen it a million times. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as you say something like Mr. Incredible says, then somebody comes in with Elastigirl's line and says, But there are ways. If there are unjust laws, then new laws come up to change yeah, the unjust laws. Yeah, there's a laws. system where you can change those laws. And then she says, And if we don't do it that way, if we just follow what you're saying, where you don't follow the laws that are not right, uh -huh. then we just have chaos. Uh -huh. And his point back to her is, what do we have now with unjust laws governing everything? Yeah. How is that not chaos? And uh, So I just thought that whole conversation was really interesting. It's <laughs> funny to me, 
you can tell whose house y'all have been raised in that, <laughs> that that kind of stuck out in your minds as well. And you're like, oh, there it is. Is that major discussion point? So I don't, I don't know how much, how major it is. I mean, it comes to you know that what what law you're gonna follow is it you know. Well, it's a matter of your priorities, yeah. you know. Yeah. Who who ultimately has authority over mm-hmm. you and why does that thing or person have authority over yeah. you? Well, some of the, our forefathers or reformer forefathers who gave a great deal of thought to this, I think that a lot of the time they came down on the side of saying, for the sake of Christ and for the sake of not unnecessarily disrupting things and just being a jerk mm-hmm. I'm going to be willing to put up with a lot of unjust laws that aren't actively hurting people and destroying people's property and stuff like that I'll you know the speeding laws the, <laughs> you know, the yeah. ticket for not coming to a complete stop at the stop sign and yeah, you know, there's nothing in the Bible about any of that. And so what do I do? Do I just, you know, grab my pitchfork and my torch right away? <laughs> and I think the answer that a lot of the older Protestants would have said is you put up with everything that you can put up with. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus' instruction about going the extra mile with the government official makes you go one mile. You, you, you put up with stuff. And you bend over backwards. But when that unjust law really does begin to destroy your neighbors, uh, you can't put up with that. Mm-hmm. And so, and then the other issue is in the world of the Incredibles, uh, you know, I think given their world, I think the law was unjust, but how do you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there was, there's nothing in that movie that would lead you be- to believe that anybody's got a real standard for saying which laws are just and which ones aren't. Sure. For Mr. Incredible, it was just how he felt about it. Yeah. This is obviously wrong. And, right. You know, and, uh, well, because it's making him have to hide. It's crimping his style. This, <laughs> yeah, this vital part right. of who, who, what makes him who he is and his right. kids, part, this big part of their identity that they have to just not even deal with. Right. And so, for me, I think that sheds light again on how important theonomy is and how important it is for us to have a standard in the law word of God so that we can say it's not just how I feel. It's the fact that the government is doing things that the scripture says it's not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, that's where the issue is. Well, I'm proud of you girls. You both came up with that as a worldview issue. Imagine. That's awesome. <laughs> and I knew I was going to have to talk about it, so I was like, okay, <laughs> find what, something. <laughs> what am I going to think? Uh, <laughs> you didn't even have to look for it. It was just there. I know. It was like, <laughs> right. thank you. And it was like so blatant and obvious. <laughs> right, right. You didn't have to like massage yeah, anything. No, and then I really did. I just kept thinking about it the whole movie, and I'd be like watching this other scene that had nothing to do with it, and I'm like, hmm. They sent those things. <laughs> we gotta go back to those things. If we're obeying unjust laws, how is that worse than this? And then I was trying to like see if one of them came out on top 
in the end with what actually ended up happening. And I'm not sure that I, that I could really pinpoint who the movie said was right about that argument. No, and I, I feel have like, an answer, do you? you have an I feel like it that? might be... I feel like maybe Mr. Incredible, because she did have to break the yeah, law in go. order to show that, hey, look... But then the law got changed, yeah. But then the law did just get legitimately changed, but it was because of the act of what she her, was doing. It was because yeah. of her illegal activity you mean and not because of a have consequences <coughs> that can change things. So her actions basically amounted to civil disobedience. Yeah. yeah. But she didn't have any property damage, so it was okay. Yeah. That was the big <laughs> well, damage to property. Tore up she didn't some stuff. Nobody got hurt though. But that wasn't her doing that. Oh. There's always collateral right. damage. Right. Yeah, but like with the even with the train, like what really happened to any of that stuff? Like the only thing that really got blown up was her well, bike. And then I guess my other thing, the flip side of that is okay. So there's no superheroes, but there's obviously evil villains that mm-hmm. are still out running around. So how is that right? That okay, well. I guess we have to keep the evil villains because we can't well, make well, them. Well, they're away. all just breaking the law. They, they have it in their, <laughs> right. in their. So you can't make a law against people who are going to break the law. Is I don't know. They try that. Is there a gun control analogy there? Somewhere. Is there a gun control analogy? Uh, Maybe. It's too heavy handed if we point it out directly. <laughs> uh. I mean, because you're kind of. To me, the analogy is if we outlaw guns, only the outlaws will yeah, have guns. Yeah, yeah. So if you outlaw super-powered people, oh, yeah. only people who don't care about being outlaws are going to go ahead and use their superpowers. <laughs> right. yeah. And they are. And they are. They're underminers. They're totally the underminers and, and uh, everybody who is bad. This is another place where bad. Marvel ripped off <coughs> The Incredibles yeah. then, right? Because sure. Every, every superhero the Captain movie. Captain America series has been about that same kind of thing. It's ripped off the incredible. Captain Libertarian. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, oh, I had Anything else? else? Carmen's train has gone off the track. She's gone off the rails. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> um, I thought the bad guys thing was kind of interesting. That About superheroes being a way to not have to deal with your own problems? Yeah. That that was that I don't know I'm not gonna spoil it and stuff but that uh, the general thing is that you know you're not this, responsible this thing happened because somebody didn't want to do take, take responsibility for themselves yeah you know they wanted the superhero to come in and take care of them you know and uh, I get it you know yeah. like how many yeah. times does it come up that something happens and you're like man. Somebody should do something. Somebody should do something. Or, like, I just want this one thing to be right. Like, if someone could just come in and fix this one thing. Like, today, I had a stamp, and I had ink all over my fingers, and the stamp wouldn't work. And I had to stamp all these envelopes, and if I didn't get the stamp to work, then I was going to have to handwrite all of these envelopes. And I was like, if I could just have one stamp, you know, my whole life would be amazing and stuff like that. You know, that that's all I need to be happy is just this one stamp. And I think that kind of the argument of the villain in this one is that you people were using technology but the main point of it was that people were using superheroes to kind of get away with not having to be responsible responsible for themselves responsible for their own actions responsible for their own safety um, yeah and the real life parallel parallel is police and mm-hmm. the government yeah or you know and you can you can put in whatever kind of organization you want to put into that yeah. that someone someone should be 
helping me and someone should be taking care of me. But in reality, what whatever organization, whatever human construct that you put in that position, mm. it's already filled. Whether or not you want to admit that that's already filled, it's already filled. You know, that you do have a, a God who is looking out for you and taking care of you. And maybe you don't like the way that that care is being applied to your life. You know, tough Someone's things happen. Getting your attention, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that was that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I thought that was a really good scene, too, just... Like watching me, I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like, <laughs> this is such a really good scene. <laughs> All right, y'all. Anything else, or should we wrap this up? I don't know. It's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, you should. Okay, so it's unrelated to everything else, but I thought Frozone oh. was really, really good in this movie. Yeah. Like the whole time, every time Frozone showed up, I was like, "Yeah, yay, Frozone!" <laughs> yeah. So. And Dash also seems to have a really good cross. <laughs> like, it's the second time he's used that and just taken somebody out. Yeah, it would be my kind of one of my takeaways for writers and creators. Oh, man, you got to pay attention to characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got to have characters who exhibit some kind of vulnerability. And, and you got to watch them grow. And... For me, that's so huge. And that's what made this movie for me. Anything else, y'all? I don't know. There's probably more, but we've been there's going more. on. Somebody smarter than us can do the rest. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> if you disagree, y'all have my email address on a different Whoa. account. So, Dot <laughs> Carmen at internet. <laughs> <laughs> Google. Yeah. Internet.google. Internet.google. <laughs> if you want to fight about Incredibles 2, send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks Go for Go out listening. there and dominionize. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it better. Go ahead. Do it again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>